Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's do this. The following is a CA original. Pouncer, the Palm Squad. Pre- and post-game parties on Beale Street. It's all part of the Memphis Tigers basketball game day experience. This is the Tiger Basketball Podcast. What's happening, Tiger Basketball fans? We are back for another edition of the Tiger Basketball Podcast. I'm Mark Giannato, the CA Sports Columnist. I'm joined by Drew Hill, our Tiger Basketball Beat Writer, Jason Munns our producer and AAF historian. Um, big week, a big podcast. The Tigers are back, maybe back on the bubble. Penny. Uh, they're on the fringe of the bubble. We'll Pe- call it that. Yeah. They're, they're sort of, they're almost bubblicious. They got like sugar-free bubble gum, not the real stuff. Okay, that's, yeah. how, that's how we know you're just a zombie and very exhausted from last <laughs> night. Um, then uh, we also got Penny's latest, uh, I don't know if controversial is the right word, just polarizing comments uh, about Keevan Davenport. And then obviously Memphis, you know, gets a big win over Temple um, and uh, has a huge game now against Cincinnati this weekend. Since we last talked, they also got a huge win at Wichita State, too. Can't forget yeah, that. big win at Wichita State. And Jeremiah Martin is still playing out of his mind. Um, so it's really, this whole season has really suddenly like crescendo there's just a lot of cool stuff going on around this program all of a sudden kind of feels like the football the football season this past fall in a, in a way yeah a little bit i mean this is just i mean but like there's there's just a lot of compelling characters oh yeah that are emerging in all this um let's start with um I guess we should start with Jeremiah Martin because I think like that kind of gets lost a little bit sometimes with what <laughs> Penny says, okay. and I don't think it's gotten lost. I mean, I mean, heck, we're writing about Jeremiah Martin pretty much every yeah. single game. I mean, it's incredible what he's doing, and like it, it was fun to see last night. I mean, every there's now an anticipation every time that guy gets the ball from the crowd at FedEx Forum. Like, what is he going to do next? And it, What's amazing is talking to some of the people who've known him a long time. Like, he's shocking even his most ardent supporters over the years. Like, they did not see this coming. I mean, he's averaging over 30, he averaged over 30 points per game for the month of February. Sets since the last time we, we spoke um, to you, I guess it was right after he set the program record. But then he goes and puts up 37 at Wichita State in what was, I think, given the circumstances maybe their most impressive performance of the year, falling behind by 16 in a raucous road environment and coming back and winning, given what we know about how they've done on the road. And then he just puts up, you know, it's like a, a workman-like 30 against Temple, does a really nice job making life miserable for Shiz Alston defensively. I think that got a little overlooked in that game. Although, you know, he still shot up 17 shots, so he scored. Yeah, he was 6 20. of 17. Yeah, not, I mean, yeah, like, good defense. Just, yeah. yeah, like, he did a nice job. He scored points, but it was hard. They right. were hard points. Um, and it's just, he's putting this team on his back. I mean, it's just, I mean, what do you, what, can he keep this up? 
can he keep doing this the last couple weeks of the season? Or is someone going to figure out a way to slow him down? Look, I mean, we've been thinking. That was a question that we were asking three games ago. Is yeah. going to keep this up? So I'm not going to say no at this point because he's already, I think, proven to everyone that he can. Um, for me, the most impressive thing about all this, as we know, is with each game, the circumstances get bigger and bigger and bigger. And every single time he's delivered. There's not been one time this month where he hasn't delivered. The one exception maybe the first was that Connecticut the, game. Well, in the first half of the USF game. Right. Yeah, and the, and, and, and yeah, in yes. the first half of the USF game. Yeah, but he, I mean, he finished with 40, 41. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's just it's really incredible to see, you know, we came into the season talking about Jeremiah trying to cement his legacy with this program and with this team by making it to an NCAA tournament. And... While that's still the goal, it feels like this month has sort of already done that. Like, well, and what was what was inter- the like the Temple game? It's it's where it comes. Like like Memphis started out okay against Temple. They go up nine two, and then they give up a nine zero run to Temple. And Penny's like, you can hear him on the bench complaining about the energy of the team. Like he's not happy with it. And then Jeremiah just rips off. He gets a block. He gets a steal. He rips off ten straight points. He gets. A, he assists on the next basket. Like, and the whole crowd and the whole mood of the bench just totally changes. And then down the stretch, in the last uh, final five minutes of the game, you know, they were like Memphis was starting to pull away, but Jeremiah put the nail in the coffin with ten ten points again in another really small stretch and. I just I said at some point on Twitter, and it, it was the, the the thought that popped in my head. He just won't be denied right now. Like he, it's like teams know what he's sort of going to do. He's got that step back. He's going to go left most of the time, and like they can't stop it. Like he's just he will not be denied. He he wants to make the NCAA tournament so badly, and and he's gonna you know he's playing inspired. To, oh, oh you can yeah. tell. I mean, like I mean, he's gonna die trying. Like you know, like Jeremiah Martin, I feel like I'm the best player in the league. Well, he he, I mean, honestly, if the vote happened today, he would win AAC Player of the Year. Now, the Cincinnati game, I think, will decide it because also the the thing about the AAC Player of the Year voting, what people need to realize in this league, the media does not vote on it; the coaches do. And I think Jeremiah would not be a lock, but would be much more likely to win it if the media was voting because the media tends to fall for compelling stories and this is just as compelling as you can get um i feel like the coaches will, will be more pragmatic on the better team and it, well and, and it's why it'll all matter more it's why when jaron cumberland came here to memphis he was the best player on the floor he was he made the big baskets in crunch time he played better than jeremiah in that game that's why this game on saturday in addition to all the team stakes which we'll get into um yeah, I think it'll also decide AAC Player of the Year. If Jeremiah, even if Memphis loses a close game, if Jeremiah keeps continues this pace and outperforms Jaron Cumberland, I think he wins AAC Player of the Year. If Cumberland outperforms him again, I think that might give it that might swing some of the coaches' votes, especially because Cincinnati has the better team this year overall. Um, that yeah. that would be my. It, this has just been so fun to watch. Like it's it's been. Well, by his, by his sheer will, Memphis is probably like, you know, there's like first four out, next four out. Memphis is probably like next, next four out right now. Right. It's solely because of Jeremiah Martin. And if you can beat Cincinnati Saturday, 
I can't overstate how huge it would be because right now the thing, the the thing, the problem with Memphis's resume right now is one they're zero and eight against in quadrant one games. And if you look at most of the teams that are on the bubble right now, who are the first four out or last four in, they all have most of them have two quadrant one wins. And like a couple, like Butler, for instance, I was looking at their resume because Lenardi has them as a a first four, a, a first four out right now. They only have one quadrant one win right now. So that would be one where you know you beat Cincinnati. Maybe you can get your your comparable to a Butler who's a first four out. Um, the other problem with Memphis's resume when you compare it to some of these other teams, nine of Memphis's eighteen wins are quadrant four wins. So like essentially meaningless wins. Um, and most of the teams on the bubble don't have nearly that many quadrant four wins. Most of their, more of their wins are quadrant two, quadrant three. Um, and so I think those are the two factors that are weighing down Memphis's resume right now, but you beat Cincinnati, but uh, the good thing is they're zero and eight in quadrant one wins. So they've played a lot of those tough games like UCF, for instance, who most of these bracketologists have slotted in haven't even played half that many quadrant one games. So, um, and they haven't really won any either. Um, so it'll be, but if you beat Cincinnati, that's a quadrant one win to put in your back right. pocket. I, and then if you can be, you beat Tulsa to close the year and then, you know, then all, all bets are off. You can make it to the, even if you just make it to the AAC tournament finals, maybe that's enough. Cause it's a soft bubble. Um, it, and it's just, I mean, two, three weeks ago, you could have never imagined this. No. Well, Jeremiah I'm, Martin, I'm pretty sure the man who makes dreams come true. I'm pretty sure maybe. just like the football podcast where Evan came on and was like, they're not getting an at-large bid. I'm like 90% sure we all said that they're not getting Well, honestly, bid. I would say so. if I would say if you were taking bets right now, they still probably right. won't get an at-large right. bid. Like, honestly, beating Cincinnati. But about the football schedule. I know, but like, beating Cincinnati at Cincinnati on senior day. I mean, that's going to be really Stop. hard. It's going to involve them doing something they have not done this entire season. And, you know, maybe Jeremiah is up to the task. But this will, I mean, Cincinnati's defense is a different beast. Right. Um, so before this gets lost, I, I actually was messaging back and forth with the USA Today bracketologist, uh, Shelby Mass, this morning. And the way he phrased it was, um, Memphis, their chances are on life support right now. Um, but if they beat Cincinnati, the chances of them getting in the turn or, or, or them on his next bracketology thing. Bubble would, watch. Yes, bubble watch would be next four out. Probably. It all depends on, obviously, yeah, different results. Yeah. yeah, no, that's what I think. I think you beat Cincinnati and you end up on those bubble watch things. Like right now, you go read different bubble watches around the country. For the most part, they don't even mention Memphis um, and what they need to do. And if they beat Cincinnati, next week's bubble watch will have Memphis as a, you know, on the bubble team, which is, I mean, you know what? It's, this is what you're going to make for some exciting AAC tournament games, if that's the case. Oh, yeah. Well, and it's funny. I was thinking about this. The other day. So, because Memphis plays Cincinnati on Saturday, and then they have an entire week off before they close the year against Tulsa. And if they get a bye in the AAC tournament, say they win out and get the four seed and get a bye, 
it means they're going to play a team like Temple or UCF or South Florida having played just one game over the previous 13 days. Yeah, that doesn't necessarily do them any favors. Well, it's it's interesting to me because because of the way they're relying on Jeremiah, I do think you want a buy because course, there's a big difference between three like I think get I think getting a buy makes it more likely that they win the conference tournament, but I think not I think getting a buy makes it less likely that they win their first game of the conference tournament because it's just tough. Like those conference, I mean, maybe it'll be a little different because it's in Memphis. I mean, it might even be worse if you were to say in Orlando again, like I think it really helped them last year to play USF in their first game, you know, as the five seed, it helped them beat Tulsa the next day because, um, because they got a game under their belt in an unfamiliar arena. Now this will not be an unfamiliar arena, but it's it's just a fascinating dynamic there. I mean, I think you obviously want to try. I think you want to try to get the buy just because of you how we're trying to win the whole thing. Yeah, of how we're well, just because Jeremiah is playing forty minutes a game right now, like essentially, and like playing three days and three three games in three days is easy going to be easier on him than playing four games in four days. And because you still like, I think even if you make it to the AAC tournament finals, I still think it's not like you're not necessarily going to make the tur- NCAA tournament if you lose that championship game. Um, so that part is, but although to make the, if you're the four seed to make the championship game, it means you will have beaten Houston yep. in the semis. So that's all. It's just, it's crazy. It's a lot of fun. But this the is way you think about it, I guess it's a lot of fun to think about it. The positive spin on that would be if you do play Houston and you beat them, I mean, you're going to the conference championship game and you have a huge win on your resume counts as a neutral court and you so don't have to, and you don't have to face Houston in the championship. Game. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's you the place, positive spin if no, you wanted to do it that way. But, but we shouldn't get ahead of ourselves because like I said, this game on Saturday is going to be tough. Um, and they're going to need all hands on deck to win it. And, and with that in mind, the other kind of storyline yesterday um, was Penny went on the radio, a rare game day uh, interview on Sports 56 in the morning and had some, you know, it was essentially, he, he even, he called it blunt himself, like some blunt comments about uh, about Keevan Davenport. Um, also about a lot of different things. He talked about Antoine Jones, who who had a refreshing game last night against Temple. But let's let's focus on Keevan because that seemed to be the big that that seemed to be a thing that stuck out. That was the lightning rod, for yeah. sure. Um, I don't know, Drew. You 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 have the comments in front of you? Yes, I do. I mean, what what did you? Let, I won't read all of them because yeah, it's pretty people long. probably heard it. But he basically he basically implied that Keevan doesn't really love basketball that much. Doesn't practice very hard. Um, great kid, he said. Had a monster December, but like essentially. Um, implied that he does not really care about the game that much. Right. I think the, you know, the necessary quotes would be, he doesn't like watching film. He doesn't like to study. He doesn't really feel like practicing a lot. That one stuck out to me. Um, the quote where he said, um, you know, he has the ability, the athletic ability to do these amazing things against Yale, Tennessee tech, Tennessee. And then for him to go out and play 18 minutes 
have no points or or rebounds and be okay with that. That's just Keevan Davenport. Personally, and I know we'll we'll get to your point. I, I think you might have a differing opinion than me. Personally, and and this this might be a a contra- my first controversial statement on this podcast. I don't know if if I would have said that just because Keevan is supposed to be your guy. And I understand that this is a motivating tool or if it is supposed to be a motivating tool, I just, I think there could have been a, a better way to say that or to motivate him than to say, basically accuse him of not loving the game and not having the work ethic that's needed to be successful uh, because that hurts him going forward. And, and the, the devil's advocate argument would be that, you know, the people would find that out anyways, but I still don't think that necessarily makes it important to say or necessary to say. Well, and the other thing we should point out is Keevan, Keevan was very, was no, it was very, I thought he was very impressive answering the questions yes. about this and was pretty diplomatic. But from reading his body language and, and just what he said, like it clearly, he clearly did not like that his coach said this right. about him publicly. He, he, and he, you know, he mentioned at the end, I wouldn't be here if I didn't love it. So, I mean, I don't think he would agree 100% with what the, with those comments that were made. And I'll, I'll add, you know, we've, covered Keevan and none of us I'm sure none of us here doubt that what Penny said is false or not true because you know it's probably perfectly accurate as you said Tubby Smith had the same sort of um, it wasn't like this was a, yeah wasn't necessarily I'm talking to the staff him. one what Penny said is no different than what he what he said to Keevan to his face several times this year first of all second of all Tubby Smith, that was actually the one part of Penny's comments that I thought was unnecessary was him taking a shot at Tubby in the sense that he was saying, like, basically, like, you know, Keevan was able to get away with a lot of stuff under Tubby. Tubby rode Keevan harder than any player on the roster last year to the point that Keevan was ready to transfer if Tubby came back. He was telling people at the end of last year, I don't care that I'll have to go to a D2 school. I'll just go back to Georgia because he did not enjoy the fact that Tubby rode him so hard about the same things. Like, you're so talented, you can do so many things, but your indifference and your inconsistency drive me crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was actually the one part of Penny's thing that I was kind of like, yeah, you didn't need to say that, man. And so, but also... Like we we've written this story about how he's more interested in cartoons and video games than he is about the history of basketball. And I'm he's sure a SpongeBob he's probably, guy, not a George probably, Mikan guy. He's probably not the only kid <laughs> basketball player that's like that. First of all, second of all, this is a kid that spent two years at a startup junior college basketball program, living in a motel so that he could make it to the D1 level. I don't think you go through that and you do all of that if you really don't care about the game at all. Like, he he has at least, you know, a love for the game enough to go to put himself through all that to make it here to Memphis in the first place. So when I look at at those comments, I just think, you know, Penny Cook, I mean, he said it in the past, but he could have come out and just said, I don't think he plays hard enough or I wish he would. I think 
I wish you would practice harder would be a different, you know, sort of quote mm-hmm. and a di- would be accepted differently than what he said on Tuesday. Here would be my response. I don't necessarily disagree with you. Like, it, he didn't need to say it. But what I think we've learned about Penny, like, I don't, like, everyone was arguing, like, what, debating yesterday. Like, was this him motivating Keevan? Was he throwing Keevan under the bus? And, and, and my argument would be, I don't think, I don't he, think he was intending to do either thing. I, I think he was asked a question, and what we've learned about Penny is when he's asked a question, he's just going to answer it in, in in a very blunt and and as he put it, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it real. His and I would I would note his version of real, but like what he believes to be real, and and that's in a certain regard, you know, it's refreshing. It's great. You know, you don't he does not talk like the typical college basketball coach, and so. I don't think he intended it to be either of those things. I think he was just speaking candidly because he always speaks candidly and doesn't, you know, as I wrote in my column today, like he doesn't give a damn what you think about what he says. He really doesn't. Although I would note, I do think he regrets at least how this, how, how, what he said was perceived this time, because he did note that he had to talk to talk to the team before yesterday's game about it which suggests to me there was some regret at least about how how it was uh, amplified, what his comments. Um, but here's the thing. For the most part, this blunt talk, whatever, I mean, it's done more than good. I mean, look at the – part of it, like, look at the team. The team's gotten better. They're tougher. Like last night against Temple, they didn't actually play that well. I mean, they had a ton of turnovers in the first half, gave up a ton of offensive rebounds, you know, didn't really shoot the ball that well, um, you know. Aside from Jeremiah, they didn't. Really, no one really played. You know, Antoine Jones had some you know moments, but they still ended up you know not only winning, but like I mean, it was a close game. But they were they pulled away at the end. And I, in a month ago, they don't do that. They they they're not able to do that. Right. And so, whatever Penny's doing, it's working. And so for us to say, you know. I know I was one of them, you know, like like when he said that jealousy comment, like I didn't agree with it. And like, so whether we agree with it or not, I think at this point, this is who he is as a coach. This is, if we've learned one thing about Penny Hardaway, it's that he is going to give you his unvarnished opinion and for better or worse. And that's just who he is. Just like how, you know, Bobby Knight was an angry, you know, you know, curse, you know, cur- you know, cursed out people and was angry. That's how he coached. You know, he coached angry or, or how, you know, Roy Williams kind of eases back on the pedal and lets his guys do it. This is Penny Hardaway as a coach. And this is just who he is. Right. And I and just to recap again, I don't doubt that anything that he said isn't true or isn't how he yeah. feels. I'm, I've never accused him of that as candidates. He's been all year long. The, the only thing, and it's just like the jealousy comment for you, is I just think it could have been said in a different way. Yeah. No, I mean, but and I, I don't. I don't take a huge issue to it. I just think that there, in in hindsight, there might have been a better way. To no, say and, I, it. and I think. I mean, ultimately, and this is not. I, I'm not denigrating your opinion here. I just. I think Penny doesn't care. Like Penny right. doesn't care that there's another way to say it. He's going to say it his way. Yep. And, you know, I mean, like for instance, like I mean, look at Jeremiah. Look at how he's sort of unleashed Jeremiah here. I mean, you could make the argument a little bit like that he basically just moved Jeremiah back to what he, Jeremiah was doing last year for the most part. But at the same time, you know, I do think his system has helped a little bit in the sense that 
Jeremiah is running a lot of pick and rolls, and that's what he thrives in. Yeah, and, and he's and that the to see the communication between Jeremiah and Penny has been has been nice to see as well. I mean, they they communicate almost the entire game. It's it's Jeremiah that sort of rallies the troops and is that um, well, mailman to just as an example between the rest of the team and Penny. It seems like he goes to Jeremiah, then Jeremiah relays the message. Well, and here's the thing, even down the stretch with Keevan, you know, as, as, you know, I don't think like, I don't think for instance, he seemed particularly motivated by Penny's comments last night, but late in that game in the final seven minutes, you know, he gets the, they ran a play for him. He gets the ball on the baseline and Penny, you can hear him on the sideline go, you know, go like, go, don't wait is what he said. Don't wait. And he took it down the baseline, hit an up and under layup next time down the floor. Gets the ball on the on the wing for a three pointer. Penny says, "Shoot it." He shoots it. He makes it. Five straight points. Kind of widen the gap. Soon Memphis was up double digits. So, like, it it you know, at, at, while while I think Keevan did not like that Penny said it, didn't really hurt the team last night. If anything, you could make you could make the argument that Penny sort of knew you know Penny was pushing the button he thought needed to be pushed. And it's working. They've won five of six. I talked to Jason before we got on, and I think you made a really good point. I don't know if if Penny, at this point, cares what emotion it is that he gets out of Keevan. He just wants something. If it means he plays angry, then then he plays angry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and and he's tried everything else. I mean, probably, we would would assume, to to get Keevan – to um, just emote investment, and and I think that is ultimately what he wants. Is is he feels like that Keevan is really 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 good, and he said it over and over again that Keevan ha- is is one of the most athletic. You know, whatever he said in the beginning of the year that Keevan Keevan's the only one who stops Keevan. Yeah, basically. right, right, right. And he's tried so he's probably tried so many different things that maybe this was just the next thing in line. Like I've got to do something to make him elevate his game. You know, he's great. You know, I, I still think he, I don't think he was even thinking about it like that. I think he was just answering the question. Yeah. He's like, this is what I think about Keevan. So right. this is, I'm going to tell you what I think about Keevan. I'm not going to, you so, know, yeah. To that point, maybe, maybe all you, you know, every time he's been asked about Keevan up until now, he's, he, he's stopped short of saying some of the things that he said, and maybe he's, had enough and said, you know, I'm just going to be honest. I'm just going to, when I'm asked about Keevan next time, next time somebody asks me about Keevan Davenport, I'm going to keep it real. And, uh, and, and that's, you know, maybe that's the, the scenario we're looking at here. Yeah. Well, I mean, hopefully, I mean, they're, they're going to need him. He needs to play like the Keevan Davenport of December. I See, think, that's what I was going to say. For them to, for them to win this game on Saturday. Or did Cincinnati. he, what was the timing last year, right? Didn't he? Catch fire around this time, right? When Jeremiah year. went out of the lineup, he played yeah. Well, well, it was more like I mean, he played well. I mean, he was he 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 was kind of like what he was this year. What he's been this year is kind of what he was like last year. It wasn't as violent of swings of inconsistency, but he had he was a, he was a little more consistent last year, I think, um, than he was this year. But he still had those kind of ebbs and flows where he would just like disappear for a while and you'd be like what where is he 
Um, and, you know, I don't think you expected as much of him because this year his highs have been higher than last year's highs. Mm-hmm. Like that Tennessee game, the Tennessee Tech game to start the year, the UAB game, um, and, and his lows, it feels like his lows have lasted longer. Mm. There's been The swings have been more violent, so that's why it stands out a little more. But I, I said at the beginning of the year, I remember we were talking about it, and you were t- early in the year when he was playing really well, you were like, man, he might be the best player on the team. And I was like, eh, just wait. He'll <laughs> he'll dip. You know, like that's just who he is, um, unfortunately. Um, it's why he was, you know, a junior college guy and why, you know, he probably got overlooked a little bit um, in recruiting. And, in, in addition to the fact that he started playing late, um, playing basketball late. Um, but like I said, I think they need the good Keevan to pull off this win at Cincinnati. Um, and he hasn't played well on the road. He just has not. They need the a good part. somebody else other than Jeremiah. No, yeah, they can't do what they did last night. I, <laughs> I just really think, I don't think Cincinnati, like I think Jeremiah will get points, but Cincinnati's defense is too disciplined and too good to let him go off right. like he has, I think. I think like, I, I wouldn't be surprised to do it, too. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Jeremiah can get 20, but I don't think he's going to get 35 or 40 in this game. You're going to need the Kareem Brutons, the, the Rainier Thorntons, the Keevan Davenports, the Antoine Jones, and, you know, you know either either one of those freshman guards, whether it's Tyler Alo, to have. Like, you're going to need multiple the way performers. Penny put it, the way Penny put it was he needs three guys. To play well, the other people they just got to star in their roles, you know. Well, Rainier then who, just needs a rebound, and, 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 and Keevan. I like, imagine it'll be Keevan or Rainier covering Jaron Cumberland, right? Um, so they got to do their roles, and they need three guys to play really well to win these tough games. And I would say Mike Parks has looked really dejected lately, um, but he actually usually plays well against Cincinnati. He was like, I remember last year he was like one of the few bright spots in the one road game they played against Cincinnati, but. Um, going to be a fascinating weekend um, to see how Memphis emerges from this one. Um, I mean, because if they win, man, it is going to be a crazy week next week um, leading into senior day against Tulsa. Um, and I mean, honestly, even if they lose, I mean, I think we feel, I think all Tiger fans, I think we just in general, you, you, you got to feel a lot better and about what this team has done this year right. just based off what's happened over the last couple weeks. And in general, the expectations didn't really change. You know, For the last two weeks, we've been talking about how they need to win the AAC tournament. That doesn't change. They still need to win the AAC tournament even if they lose at Cincinnati. And right and now, even after a loss at Cincinnati, you're still feeling better about their chances than you have at any other point in the season. So I think that's a good sign. Yeah. Well, uh, enjoy Cincinnati. Get some. Uh, you gonna go to Skyline? Skyline Chili. Yeah, it's not very Ooh. good. I'm not gonna lie. But they say you're supposed to. Yeah, I went last year when I went, and like, I was thoroughly disappointed. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I had Skyline in my hometown growing up. I went to a few Reds games as okay. a kid. It's all right. I mean, <laughs> you know what? There's a place. There's a place. I don't know what the streets called. There's like a street. This like kind of like their Cincinnati's version of like Brooklyn. Um, I don't know what the neighborhood's called, but there's this street with like a bunch of bars and restaurants. And I went. I think it was called like Senate something. They had these great hot. Do- it was like gourmet hot dogs that were just. I had like a hot dog, like a hot dog with like kimchi and like what like Korean stuff. It was really. We talk good. about travel and travel food almost 
at the end of every single podcast. Nothing now. wrong with that. That's people fun. people have turned it off by no, now. No, no, no. They're they're fully invested in this. In this I part like of the Cincinnati podcast. though. It's a good road trip. There's a nice casino there. Um, Wichita was awesome. Yeah. I I should not end this podcast without talking about Wichita. Well, Wichita it like, was it looked, awesome. It looked like the atmosphere in the arena. Was atmosphere insane. was amazing. The town's pretty cool too. The people were really nice. I mean, it was just a, uh, that was the best road trip. That and probably that Tampa trip was was nice because the weather was and nice. Tampa's and nice. Jeremiah had forty one points and a half. That was a that was a good trip too. But Wichita's probably number one. That would have been a quadrant one win since it's, USF's now in the top seventy five in the net. Could have had a quadrant one win if you won that game. Well, well, Drew, I haven't seen you since you got back from uh, from Wichita. So, and and I visited Wichita for the first time ever in December. And I'm curious, what was the highlight of your what was what was the highlight of your Wichita? You you seem very uh, well. The game, I mean, the atmosphere at besides, the game is amazing. Yeah, I, I thought you were talking about away from the the oh, basketball side. Oh uh, well, I mean, I got in day of the game, so I didn't have okay. a chance to do much. But we we drove through the town. We went to some Mediterranean restaurant that was really cool. Oh, when I think of Wichita, I think yeah. of uh, Greek food. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Amazing <laughs> Greek food, just like just just like that terrible Mexican restaurant that you suggested in Tulsa, Mark. At least in Oklahoma, I think I think you think Tex-Mex would be decent. It's close to Tex. You know? Yeah. I, I think you guys. I don't think you ordered right there. I don't think you ordered right because I love that place. All right. Well, uh, we'll get we'll get uh, we'll get uh, Drew Fieri's uh, <laughs> review from Cincinnati next week. Yeah. Um, and uh, we'll preview uh, Senior Day Tulsa. Jeremiah's. Well, it won't be his last game at FedEx Forum. His last true, I guess, official home game. At FedEx Forum. What, um, day, what day is that? The, the best the player Saturday. in the next Saturday. Yeah, yeah, they have a week off. The ninth, that's right. Yeah. yeah, they have a week off after the Cincinnati game. So, um, may I, I hope we're talking about a win because that man, it, it's going to be nuts if they beat if they if pull it, off yeah. the Cincinnati win. It's going to be a lot of fun. Well, uh, hopefully you enjoy. You got to keep, keep Cole up for the whole Cincinnati game. That's got to be the first game he makes it through. Yeah, we'll see about that. I'd actually probably rather have him asleep. I can focus on the game. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week breaking it all down. Till then, I was Mark. I was joined by Drew and Jason. Thanks so much. And uh, don't eat Skyline Chili. It's not that good. The Tiger Basketball Podcast can be found each week during the regular season at commercialappeal.com. You can also subscribe for free to the Tiger Basketball Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. The Tiger Basketball Podcast is a production of the Commercial Appeal.